The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to the 750. I am your ORG Ochoa. He is your 75, two time Super Bowl champion, college football Hall of Famer, and the parent of two kiddos that had the most precious first day of school photos on Monday. It is the one and only Tony Casillas. TC, what up? Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, great to be here, here with you as always. But uh, yeah, I got to, the kiddos move back to college, start their junior year. Um, it was. So my wife and I have been doing something. Uh, well, she's been doing something since their kindergarten. And I think you've, you've probably seen a lot of parents who post pictures of their kids' first day of school. So, um, of course, my wife, she wanted my kids to send a pic, and they did. And it was un- unlike the ones when they were kindergarten. Um, my daughter had a, a bottle of uh, vodka and was like drinking it like a sippy cup. And my son played along with it. But nevertheless, man. And it's hard to believe that the junior college, and I just hope they have a tremendous year. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I thought about it. I was like, oh, I bet they've done this, you know, forever. Um, it was really cool. I, the, the the thing I was, like, giggling about was imagining your kids, like, you know, your wife telling them, like, you better take this photo. Like, I, I better have my first day of school of class photo, whatever. And your, your kids having to, like, write out, you know, a little sign and getting a roommate or somebody to take the picture. Like, I was having fun kind of thinking about what went into that. Well, that's the thing about it. And I just saw the, the picture that you post. Congratulations, by the way. Uh, it's in the works. Thank you. Yeah. The, the the baby's out of the bag, so to speak. So you'll, one of these days, you'll be doing that. But uh, so, yeah, my wife has been, it's been a tradition. And so she kind of makes them feel guilty if they don't do it. And if mama's not happy, no one's happy. So uh, they, I, I got to give them props for playing along and actually going through the trouble of doing it. So it did, it did show some effort. And uh, as I said, mama was happy. Well done. Well, um, you know, that is uh, the golden rule to life. Uh, Tony, this uh, was set to be a bit of a newsmaking day for the Cowboys. Tuesdays have been interesting lately. Um, obviously, Hard Knocks plays tonight or drops tonight. The newest episode, episode three, we will have our live post episode show available for you on the blog on the boys youtube channel we will put that here on the podcast network as well um but so we've had hard knocks this is the third week in a row and this is the second week in a row tony where nfl teams have had to cut players this is part of a a rule change that was instituted over the offseason last week every nfl team had to drop from 90 to 85 players on their roster by 3 p.m central time on tuesday This 
this week they were set uh, they still are set technically uh to drop from 85 to 80 players on their roster and so the cowboys last week actually kind of got away with a little bit of cheating a little bit of roster stashing they technically put two players on injured reserves so they didn't lose them um and they gave the waived injured designation to anthony hines um and he cleared waivers so he reverted to their injured reserve so they ultimately said goodbye to just two players um today tony on tuesday again was a day that they were going to have to you know probably actually move on from some players however we found out prior to saturday night's game against the houston texans not even prior actually it was as the game was just beginning that dan quinn defensive coordinator and defensive lineman carlos watkins had left at&t stadium out of an abundance of caution a phrase we have unfortunately heard way too many times over the last year and a half um, due to the NFL's COVID protocols. And so they are obviously still in the COVID protocol, which means they are on the COVID list. Not that there's a list for coaching uh, coaches, but um, the Cowboys, Tony, have said that they are at 93% vaccination when it comes to their players. They're at 100% when it comes to their football staff. So if you connect the dots, Dan Quinn is clearly vaccinated. Um, but on Monday, we found out that three more players were added to this COVID list uh, well within the protocol, and they are CeeDee Lamb, Malik Hooker, and Israel Mukwamu. Um, I think I speak for you, Tony, in saying the first thing we care about is their health and wellness. We hope that they are healthy uh, and that they get back to being around the Cowboys as soon as possible. Um, but uh, the football of this is that with four players in the COVID protocol, they technically do not count against the Cowboys roster at the moment, which means there are only technically 81 players counting against the Cowboys roster, which means they only technically have to say goodbye to one player. Um, that's a lot. That's a lot to spit out at once. So your thoughts. Well, I just think, yeah, this the whole deal with COVID and having to deal with it and just how uh, prominent it is in the National Football League and it's still – going on and uh, I got to give them uh, you know, a lot of respect for getting 93% of the players vaccinated. I think that was something that was kind of a storyline going into the season which players to get vaccinated. So I think they kind of have navigated through that. But um, I think on the, on the flip side, on the not so optimistic side is that uh, hopefully this doesn't happen next week because then you're talking about, you mentioned, City Lamb is one of obviously franchise players, and uh, and you know Dan Quinn not being available, um, you know as a defensive coordinator. If it's that's the scenario you want to look at, um, but I think it just shows that the the COVID is still, uh, God, it's still living, and it's 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 more, um, you know, it's rampant than people may think it is, and I think that that's what they're trying to keep from and really just trying to guard from that. And um, I think it just gives them another week of having more players on the roster, more players that may or may not have a chance of making the roster, because as you mentioned, they go from 85 to, you know, next week, you know, they got to cut it down going into the regular season to right. 53. So that's just a huge, huge numbers. But, you know, this is kind of what they wanted to put in because of the lack of preseason games and, really protect the the regular season play by allowing more players. So um, it's part of the system. It doesn't really affect uh, the bottom line. RJ, the bottom line is getting cut into your 53-man roster and the guys that you're going to have there on opening week. And hopefully that uh, that you do the social distancing and the quarantine and the 17-hour mark that they allow uh, from when you, I guess, uh, test positive for it, that uh, – 
this doesn't come back and it doesn't affect the you know any teams regular season games but uh you know it's going to happen i mean it's it's you know, it's it's shown and and then rears rears its ugly head again that uh, that is going to something that we're going to have to deal with this year. So I wrote about this on Saturday, um, no Sunday, um, about Dan Quinn, and this was obviously before we found out about these three additional players. And you mentioned obviously the magnitude of of CD Lamb being here. I think you know kind of uh, woke people up in a different way. You know the, the Dan Quinn thing to me, you know it. You know, it was a preseason game, and in the through in the context of, of football, that you know Saturday didn't matter, right? Like nobody cared if the Cowboys won or lost against the Houston Texans on Saturday. But what if that, to your point, what if that hadn't been a preseason game? What if that had been, you know, a Sunday noon kickoff against the Panthers, right? Like, or what if that had been the Thursday night opener against the Buccaneers? I mean, like all of a sudden, as the game begins, you're without your defensive coordinator. You're without your defensive play caller. And all credit in the world to Joe Witt Jr., who stepped up um, and, and took over those duties. But that's why you have to have plans, right? Like, you you have to have a plan and then a backup plan and then a backup plan for that. Like, you have to have – you know, I, I bring this up a lot um, on our live show, but uh, it reminds – have you seen that show uh, with uh, – is it Kiefer Sutherland um, called Designated Survivor? Have you seen this show before? Yeah, uh, Kiefer Sutherland was the actor that did uh, twenty was in Twenty Four. Oh, well, I never. Wa- I actually thought the concept of Twenty Four was weird, but that's a whole different conversation. Well, there's a lot of people love that, but yeah, I uh, know Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, well, so this show, Designated Survivor, I don't know. I haven't watched the show, so I can't, um, you know, explain it fully. But the concept of it was interesting to me when I first saw it several years ago. He, I don't know what member of Congress or what political title he holds but in the show he holds some important title but he's like eighth in line for the presidency like in the event of a mass Mm -hmm. you know world you know just awful situation um and in the show some something terrible happens to the united states and he is suddenly thrusted into the presidency as that particular person he's put in like there's some sort of debate or something that happens and they put him in this special room like for that night, like, hey, dude, in case something terrible happens, you're the guy that, you know, becomes the president. And so that's my point. Like there has to be like a designated survivor plan, right? Like you have to have like a all like a first plan, a second plan, a third plan, four, five and six, because what if Dan Quinn's gone? What if Joe Witt is gone? I mean, again, you know, Dan Quinn is seemingly fully vaccinated here. You know, CeeDee Lamb is reportedly fully vaccinated. Uh, Israel Mukwamu has reportedly had one of the two shots, or excuse me, has, has had both and is just waiting to clear vaccination uh, status. Malik Cooker is the one who reportedly had one of two shots as of July 28th. And so, I mean, the the COVID, you know, protocol dictates, you can't, you can't bend the COVID protocol, you know what I mean? And so this is going to be a thing. Um, and I, I, and Saturday night, I just, I, I guess reminded people that this is going to be a thing. I mean, remember last year uh, when the Cowboys played the Ravens, which by the way, a game w- that was delayed six days because of COVID protocol, but right. Remember Tony, right before the game, Des Bryant was ruled ineligible to play yeah. because of the COVID oh. protocol. I mean, it can happen that quickly. Yeah. I, I think everyone felt so really bad for him because uh, you know, Des had a chance his first game, to be able to come back and play against his, uh, you know, his former team was just a storyline. But um, yeah, I think the whole the uniqueness of it and just the just uh, you know something you're going to have to deal with, and that's uh, and the, having a backup plan when it comes to coaching. No one ever thought that you had to have a backup for your coach because you know coaches <laughs> it doesn't matter. You know, they don't 
unless something really bad happens and something medically happens, uh, they're usually there from the sidelines or up in the booth. And so my question is, is that in the event something this happened in game, excuse me, game one, week one versus Tampa, uh, what are your options to be able to call a game remotely from, you know, like an Xbox and we're, from your bubble. I mean, that's kind of something you, I don't know if they've ever even, been, um, even explored that, but that's kind of the things you have to prepare for now, because again, I think that, and you mentioned Malik Hooker, he's a guy that's going to be part of your 53 man roster. He's going to play a key part in a secondary. So I, I think it just comes down to this. I'm glad this happens now and not during the regular season. And I think then you just keep your fingers crossed, man. And it's like, it's kind of a day by day thing when it comes to this COVID and that's, you know, right now that's kind of the biggest battle because this is something that it may, it, it's, it's a test. I mean, these guys may feel fine. I mean, I, Dan Quinn may feel fine. They may not, it may be, uh, you know, asymptomatic. I mean, there may not be anything that, that really shows that they're sick, but yet they have to test themselves. So, um, you know, I think that uh, again, here we are back in, you know, this is 2021 and dealt with this last year and you're still having to go through this whole process because of the certain different strains of COVID. And it's just going to be every team. I think it's, you know, it's unfortunate. I think it's going to be a lot of luck, kind of like, a, you know, a team during this season, whenever you, you, know, you sustain injuries, you just hope and, and pray that you don't have to deal with them and it's not everlasting. It is. Um... I mean, it's, it's just, it's difficult. You can't, you know, there's no way around it. And now, you know, like, like what you mentioned at the top, you know, the Cowboys, they technically only have to move on from one player on their roster today to get down to 80 because, because of the four that are in the protocol here. Um, but of the four players, because obviously Dan Quinn is, is within the protocol as well. Of the four players, you have Carlos Watkins, who's making the 53, CD yeah. Lamb, who's, who's making the 53, mm-hmm. Malik Hooker, who's making the 53, and then Israel Mukwamu. And, I would say he's making the 53, but that one is at least the the most touchy of the four. Um, and first of all, you know, even if it is touchy, you know, or especially if it's touchy, I mean, this that would suck for Israel Mukwamu if this keeps him out of Sunday's game against Jacksonville, right? Like if, if he needs that game right. to, to cement his spot on the roster, that would really suck, obviously. Um, but so I don't know if the Cowboys – if, if they only move on from one player today and if you're listening to this after the deadline on Tuesday, obviously you know the answer and that's why we won't spend long on this, but um, maybe they decide to move on from five players anyway, because you know, or four more, you know what I mean? Because they, they want to open the spots for CD and Malik and, and Mukwamu uh, when they come back, or maybe they say, you know what, we'll just, we'll only, we'll, we'll get down to 80 right now. And then whenever these guys are ready to come off the COVID list, We'll, we'll move other guys to, to make room for them. I, I think that's ultimately what happens, uh, but that, that just makes everything complicated, Tony. Well, I think that you're just going to keep enough guys out there, but uh, we always refer to them, and a lot of people, it's camp bodies just to have you know, be out there and have the op, you know, the, to play your last game, and guys, that it's a numbers game, and realizing that, look, that's kind of your fate. Um, and... You know, in the last preseason game, I think they've all – I don't know. I think it. we always said – this is always said whenever you're you're out there and you're trying to make a roster and you have no hope and then you try to put – you know, do some good things on film and video and 
other teams will see your value and have opportunities to play somewhere else. If you're not going to do it here, maybe you have the chance to do it somewhere else. And that's always been the motivation. You know, I used to hate that time of the time of the year. I was fortunate where I knew I was going to be on the, be part of the team, but there's a lot of guys out there busting their ass and you just knew that it's a uphill battle. I mean, they're, they no, have no chance in hell to make it, but they continue to really just kind of get the great attitude and, and do the little things and maybe that'll catch on. And, um, you know, maybe teams will see the value in that and want guys on the team and guys that really don't care about, uh, you know, the odd, odd, you know, odds against them and everything. So um, I just, again, I think it's just, look, you get through this last game of the preseason, um, you kind of empty all the guys that are not going to be part of the 53 man roster. Some guys are on the bubble that need another game to, but I think at this point, I think it's 99% made your mind's made up. Who's going to make your roster. Yeah. I mean, I would be stunned if the Cowboys don't have a, a good idea. I mean, and, and maybe this gives them the opportunity to see a couple more players again, four more, maybe that they would have had to cut today. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see if we will see the cuts from last week on hard knocks tonight, but uh, that remains to be seen. Um, the other thing uh, for us to discuss today, Tony, the no, other, by the way, I, think, I think hard knocks has been quite boring. Um, yeah. You're, you're not alone in that. I mean, I've enjoyed it in in the sense, like, I'll put it this way. If this exact hard knocks were happening with any other team, it would be boring. But because it's the Cowboys, it's it's interesting, you know. I, I mean, I, Well, you I, know what? I, I, I had myself I, – I asked myself that question. I think it, maybe it would be a little bit more – maybe more interesting if it was another team or something I, I didn't know about. You know, I don't know. I know the Cleveland Browns, or maybe you know the, the Green Bay Packers. I think the Green Bay Packers have been great hard knocks and with the whole Aaron Rodgers, you know, all mm -hmm. that, all that drama. But that's another story. But I, I'm just, and I'm not saying just. It, it, I don't want this huge like blow up. And I tweeted something out, and people were like, "We don't need drama." It's not that people. It's like boy, when you watch something, you want to, you know, you want to be entertained a little bit. And I just felt like it's kind of been the same. It's been the. Yeah, I, I, I'm almost uh, I'm almost uh, mentally fatigued watching Dak Prescott, you know, do the you know do the jumpy chords and, and uh, you know do this rehab and you know not throw the throw the ball, you know, do the arm motion and you know Zeke eating sunflower seeds and you know I'm not maybe I sound I'm I'm just unrealistic about what to expect, but I just think it's been kind of not hasn't been as uh as dramatic as some of the the past seasons on Hard Knocks. So I agree. Um, what makes hard knocks interesting, generally, whoever the team is, is when there's a player who is actually on the bubble, right? Like when they're when they're profiling a player and then, you know, separate from the show, when you watch the preseason games, you're like, man, this guy could really make the roster, right? Like you, you have, you have a vested interest. You're rooting for this guy. And one of the guys who got profiled last week was Ben DiNucci, who is no matter how much editing hard knocks does not going to make this roster. Um, and so it will, it will not be fun to watch his three interceptions, but, um, but you we, know, think about this. Don't you, don't you, aren't you cheering for Ben DiNucci? Don't you want him to be better, a better version of what he was last year's rookie? And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm rooting for him, but I mean, let's, let's be honest. You know what I mean? He's, he's not going to make this roster, but somebody has to play the preseason games. That's, that's where we're at right now. Uh, but so Ben DiNucci is not for long. 
And even Garrett Gilbert, Tony, has has been humbled because we found out on Monday from Mike McCarthy that Cooper Rush will take first team reps at quarterback this week. Now, McCarthy um, was a little bit vague in, in when he was asked if it was just practice or if Cooper would also start on Sunday against Jacksonville. Um, but we know for sure that Cooper is at least going to practice with the first team this week. Garrett Gilbert, Tony, has had every opportunity to earn the backup quarterback job for the Cowboys this entire season. He even had a larger opportunity because Dak Prescott obviously has been on ice and not throwing. So Gilbert has had all of these opportunities with the starting Cowboys offense, both in camp and in the preseason, and he has failed. And that's a really big yeah. bummer. Yeah, he, he has not looked good. And I, I think that, you know, Cooper Russ separated himself uh, from the, the mix. You know, Garrett Gilbert and you know, Ben DiNucci is not going to be on this squad. But um, I just think that I don't I don't know. I think Cooper Rush, for some reason, has kind of turned a corner, so to speak. And I think that's kind of been the fascinating you know, storyline of this preseason. If you want to look at it that way, there's always got to be something that's going to keep me in, in interested, right? And I think the whole backup quarterback uh, position has been the storyline about who's going to take that. Because you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, is Cooper Rush a viable backup? Uh, because this is the only time you ever get to see that. You know, that's the only, this is the only time during, you know, training camp and so, especially when your quarterback's uh, not getting the reps. But anyway, I just uh, I just I just was so kind of uh, shocked the inability for Garrett Gilbert, who's had experience in the National Football League, how inefficient he is and really hasn't just grasped that competition and by, you know, by the horns and said, look, this is my this is mine to earn, you know, or my job to lose. Right. So I think he, that's a, the, was a quiet example of the last game against the Texans is that, look, I mean, he just didn't, he wasn't very good. And then the Cooper Rush was much better. So uh, that doesn't surprise me. Um, I think everyone that kind of questions who the backup quarterback is this year, um, you're not going to go out and go get someone else. I don't think that's an issue. Um, but See, I, think I disagree. I, I told, well, I, I but who are you going to go out and get? Who, I mean, if we want to have a debate about a backup quarterback, I mean, there's no Andy Dalton's out there. There's not, I mean, who, who do you think is going to be better than Cooper Rush under the circumstances right now? Well, so a few things, first of all, I love that you brought up Andy Dalton because I don't think Andy Dalton is a great starter. Um, I don't think anybody does outside of his close families and, and friends. But well, they, uh, think, they think Justin Fields will start ahead of him in, in Chicago, which to me is just asinine. So I would totally start Justin Fields over, over but that's, I mean, a, that's I, a different topic. But well, I, 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 yeah, I, I, I get that. But I mean, it's like, okay, well, I mean, you don't have to start him right away, just kind of put him into the game. But I, okay. I, again, I th I've seen more quarterbacks being run that way than, than really just. And that's fair. That's. That's totally fair. And that's why, like, I get that argument. What I my, – my only point on Andy Dalton is I think he is a very fine backup option. That, like, if he's your QB2, you know, he's he's one of the best QB2s in the NFL. It's my point. Oh, without you know? a doubt. Without so, a doubt. But, so you're right. There's not, there's not an Andy Dalton available because well, – He wasn't good last year, and that's because, he, you know, because his offensive line are pretty inept. But I'll, I'll get that. But he was well, not that good last year as a backup and, quarterback. If I, I believe last year, if he had only had to come in for like, I don't know, three games, I think he would have been fine. You know what I mean? He was not, he was never going to have success over 
the majority of a season. That just was never going to happen for Andy Dalton. That's not who he is anymore. Um, but so I, I also agree with you that, that you're not going to go out and find something. The, the best option, and I'm not saying this is a good option, but the, the best option is Blake Bortles. That's the best option that there is right now because we're having this conversation, Tony, on August 24th. So my point is, if I had been the Cowboys, if if all of us, if you know, if you and I own the Cowboys, right, for whatever reason, Jerry, Jerry decided to, to hook us up. We own the Cowboys. One of the objectives of the offseason to me when Andy Dalton left in free agency, which was understandable, would have been to get a prominent QB2 because. If I mean, we just we spent how long? 20 minutes talking about Dan Quinn and C.D. Lamb and Des Bryant last year. Like, first of all, our present reality shows that anything can change at a moment's notice. Second of all, we have learned that these guys are not it. Right. Like, think about how bad things were last year at quarterback. And that was with Andy Dalton on the team. And what did they do? They did nothing. They, they literally added nothing. They, they literally brought Garrett Gilbert back because he had a nice game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That was it. That was enough to earn him the QB2 job, which is crazy. Cooper Rush has technically been QB2 for this team before for several years, obviously. Um, so fine. But but they also cut him last year. They, they did cut him. People forget that. And they brought him back. And I don't have a problem with them bringing back Ben DiNucci this year because, hey, he was a draft pick and they wanted to see how he worked. And that's not going to work itself out. But the time is not it, – it's too late, to your point. It's too late now. There, if Blake Bortles is your best option, obviously you're a little bit SOL. But this this is an area – I think the Cowboys did a, a great job of filling a lot of holes in over the offseason, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But this is one area that they did not pay attention to that I hope does not play a factor. So Blake, Blake Bortles is out there, right? He is. He's That's available. Right. Okay, so what does that say? I mean, yeah, that's I, that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm not no, I mean, I, I'm not sitting here championing you know, Blake Bortles, but, but I mean, he's he's better. I think he's better than than Garrett Gilbert. I don't see. I don't even know if he's better than Cooper Rush right now. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I see Blake, Blake Bortles play. I mean, yes, he's played in that AFC Championship game, but he's he's done a lot enough in the National Football League. I mean, he got he was a first round draft pick, but other than that. I mean, I, I don't think it's something you go out there and spend three or four million dollars for Blake Bortles to be a, a backup. I mean, I just don't – I don't see the, the value of that. And I think that you can have this debate around with all these backup quarterbacks in the National Football League. I mean, there's not any Nick Foles out there. There's, everybody thinks, well, you know, we need to go find a guy like that. Well, that's kind of – you know, to me, that's that – And you're, you're talking about the that version of Nick Foles, like that – the 2017 version. That's not out there. I agree right. with you 100%. But I think people just get over-enamored by that. They think, okay, well, this guy, you know – I mean, all they have to do is just be serviceable, you know, not mess it up, you know. Just Do you think you know, that Gilbert or, or Cooper Rush are serviceable? I don't think – I think Cooper Rush might be serviceable. He, he, he was certainly – he has been to this point more serviceable than Garrett Gilbert. I mean, but that's that's about as much as well, I can say. Well, here's the thing also is like the preseason, sometimes you don't really get a, a, a really the, the, the proper evaluation because it's very black, you know, it's very basic. You know, you're not doing a lot of, you know, uh, you're doing offensively. You now have this creative game plan. So you may or may not see what you really want to see when you have a backup quarterback in there because you don't have all the weaponry and you don't have all the, you know, all the, the play calls that you, know, that you want to try to do. So, yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're evaluating a guy sometimes when he's got 
threes and twos, you know, guys that aren't even going to be there. You try to evaluate him out there with those type of players, knowingly that that's, you know, if he's in their game and he's a backup quarterback, hopefully has, you know, you know, offensive line is intact. I mean, he's got everything on that side of the ball to work with. And so maybe you give him a little bit of percentage of his evaluation based on that, because sometimes these guys go out there and sometimes you can't, you know, if you don't have everything to your disposal, you know, then you're not going to be able to go out there and really give a, a good, really evaluation of your work because of the things you don't have to work with while you're on the field. That's fair. I mean, and I mean, it's, it's just, it's not a, there's no great answer to this, right? Like that's, that's where, you know, where the Cowboys are stuck. And I'm not saying this to you, but like, if somebody, you know, feels like the Cowboys shouldn't look the cow, I guess the point is the Cowboys made this bed right when they didn't go out and get somebody. And I'm not saying that like before they went and got Keanu Neal or something that they should have been focused on a backup quarterback, but that was the time if, if they were going to bring in a quarterback, that was it. Cause you're right. I mean, like right now you, your options are slim and a lot of people keep saying, Oh, you know what? I, and I, I get this logic, but a lot of people will say like, Oh, I bet you the backup quarterback for this team isn't even on the roster right now. Like j- just wait till final cuts. Like who's, who's going to get cut. You know what I mean? That, that like, that, that is the answer here. Um, you know, because no good players get cut. No good quarterbacks get cut. You know what I mean? Like, sure. There might be, I don't know who, whatever, but I mean, there might be options. There will be options technically, but people like, even like the chase Daniels of the world, the, you know what I mean? Like the, those, those level backups, those aren't getting cut. Those are the guys who you have to sign in free agency. You know what I love my one of my favorite moves that a team made this offseason. Um, and I say this within the context of the discussion that we're happening. But I loved, Tony, that the Buffalo Bills signed Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, and then they still went on. They paid Josh Allen, got him his big deal. And look, I'm not saying Mitchell Trubisky's awesome. Right. He, and, but he did have a great preseason game last week, which was funny. But um, but he is a guy who has been there, who has done it, who has started in the National Football League. He, Mitchell Trubisky is, is to me, a hundred times better of an option than Cooper Rush or Garrett Gilbert because he has that experience. And so if you're the Buffalo Bills in this example, they're a, a, a team that is is going to be a competitor this season, right? Like they're a team that's going to challenge the Super Bowl. They're a team that's going to challenge in their conference. They're going to win their division, like, you know, all these things. And so what if, I mean, what if Josh Allen has to miss a game? I, I mean, what what if he, I don't know, sprains his ankle, you know, he whatever. I mean, he, for whatever reason, has to miss a game or two games or a month. You know what I mean? Like, you want to have somebody who can keep the ship afloat. I, I thought the Bills signing Mitchell Trubisky was very similar to the Cowboys signing Andy Dalton last year. I loved that move. Um, and so, you know, I hope I love Josh Allen. So I hope that Mitchell never has to play. But that's my point. Like, if, if you're going to, you, you have to, you get what you pay for. You know what I mean? You, you have to invest if you're going to have a legitimate backup option. If you're just going to pedal in Garrett Gilbert and Cooper Rush, well, the product is going to be what you're paying for. You know what I mean? Well, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, you would, what's your priority going into this season? What, what was your priority? It was paying Dak. I, I have to imagine what's the Paying top Dak and then, I mean, what, addressing the other, the defensive side of the football? So what yeah. are you going to do? You're going to go out there and invest in that. And I think a lot of people are like, oh, man, that's great. You know, we've got a defensive coach, Dan Quinn. We're all in on defense and we're getting better. We're getting, you know, some of our draft, you know, the draft picks. They bring, you know, draft Micah Parsons, bring in some really some good free agents to sprinkle around. And, you know, I don't think the thought process is like, oh, we got to go out and get a great backup quarterback. That's a priority. 
And also, it's kind of a vote of confidence for, you know, I guess Dak, if you want to look at it this way, that we're, we're good with Dak. Dak's, Dak's our guy, obviously, but we're more confident about his injuries and him being able to come back and play. And so, you know, people were like, okay, well, why'd you go out and get a backup quarterback whenever we need a defensive lineman? We need defensive backs. We need someone that's a playmaker. You know, so you hear that, you hear that argument also. So I just think the backup quarterback, yes, Mitchell Trubisky, I mean, God, I think one of the Cowboys played the, the Bears on the road and he oh, it made 20, it look like an all pro. Yeah, that was oh my awful. God. I'm like, damn, that dude looked like he did look like Dak Prescott. He did look like a starting piece of look legit, looked like a guy that they, you know, they use that pick on the, the Chicago Bears. So I don't know. It's it's very, you know, to me it's kind of subjective, RJ. Um, I just don't, I don't know. It just depends on the, the time and place and, you know, what your offense is doing once you get there. And it's almost like sometimes we'll just deal, that, deal with it when we get there. Okay? See, but that's, that's, the I, irresp- that's, I, the, that's an irresponsible that's, way of looking at it. Though. I, I understand that. No, well, maybe that's not, maybe I, that's not the way I, I'm just, my point. But I think that is the way that they're approaching it. Yeah. I think some people do. I mean, like, I mean, really, I mean, you, you have to look at what, What's going to carry your football team? And look, I'm not going to blame, you know, last year, even, you know, Aaron, you know Andy Dalton, uh, you know, case in point. If he, you know, you remember he got COVID. What was that against the Redskins or right, right after the Redskins? He, he got a concussion against them and he was knocked out. And right? he went into COVID the next right. week. So he's gone for two weeks. So even in his defense, if they were, even if they had any type of defense, okay, Offensively, I think they could have manufactured something. Sure. But they, yeah. had, they were behind all the time, so they didn't really have a choice. So I think you I think it's case by case. It's year by year. It's situation by situation. I and that's why that. I think it's kind of subjective to every season. I agree with that. And that's why I'm you know, because when when that when that happened, when Andy Dalton did not save the day, a lot of people criticized him. A lot of Cowboys fans. But to your point, I mean, what was he working with? You know what I mean? He was down his his top tackles. You know what I mean? Like it was it was a nightmare. And and then the moment that he got back from being on the COVID list and the concussion, um, they beat the Vikings. And then obviously tragedy struck, um, and and everything changed. But I mean, I think I don't think Andy Dalton had a fair shake, and that's why I would have loved to see him somewhere else this year. It sucks for him that he's now in this really volatile situation where. You know, Justin Fields is like, no, I mean, look, Andy Dalton's nice, but nobody wants to see Andy Dalton. Like Justin Fields is the, is the guy that every Bears fan wants to see, you know what I mean? Because he's exciting. He's the rookie. He's the future, whatever, blah, blah. It would have been nice to have seen Andy Dalton get a, you know, a true shot at least, but, uh, but I want to see Justin Fields. So whatever, but, uh, but yeah, so I, the last thing I'll say, I, I actually do think that the Cowboys are saying we'll deal with that if we get there because playing a b c d e f all the way every plan a through y is dak prescott starting quarterback plan z is what if dak is gone you know what i mean because if and tom moore has said you know said this forever if you know that the indianapolis colts wouldn't you know give their backup quarterbacks any reps um i yeah this family show someone said because uh if peyton went down they were screwed and he said, we don't practice screwed. And I get that, right? Like it makes like if Dak's down, you know, for a legitimate amount of time, like the season's done anyway. Like I get that. But if Dak has to miss a game, 
You know what I mean? Like if we we've seen that happen, we've seen Patrick Mahomes have to miss a game. You know what I mean? Like if and and if he has to miss a game and you can't win that game and then you lose the I don't know the NFC East or whatever by a game, you know, like that's that's where those things come back and they they can matter. But you're right, the Cowboys had a lot of things to address and they did that on the defensive side of the ball. Thankfully, the defense looks good. Um, so yeah. Did you think you'd be talking about Cooper Rush and Andy Dalton this much this week? No, no. I, I well, I, I figured we'd be talking about it because that is a good, that was a debate. Uh, and that's what the you know the the story was when they, you know when they played the, the Texans because they you know they needed to have someone that that was going to back up and that wasn't you know it's still up in the air. And so then you just you ask yourself, well, is that good enough or is that good enough? Is Cooper Rush better than Garrett Gilbert? And vice versa and and I think we kind of got the answer to our question. Okay. So we'll, and I don't know in this last game preseason against Jacksonville, I, you know, if he can't be efficient against the guys he's going to be playing against, because he's all going to be good camp bodies out there. You know, there'll be some guys that are sprinkled in that are going to be part of the, the, the rotation and, and the roster. But if he can't execute the first, I mean, what if he gets the first half, I would think that he's probably going to play the first half or the first quarter. If he can't show enough, I mean, it's and unfortunately, Garrett Gilbert's kind of put himself between a rock and a hard place because now all of a sudden he's got to go go out and and compete for that backup position in the second half where it's going to be the same people you know they, that Cooper Russ is going to be uh, you know up against, but still that's where you're at right now. You got to whatever it is, you got to make plays. You can't make mistakes. That's the thing about it. Look. I mean, like Gilbert, there's Garrett Gilbert. There's so many times in the game when instead of him, he, you know, he tried to force plays, you know, and he can't do that for a guy that's had experience. You know, whenever, you know, the, the, the strip sack, I, I don't know. If, I mean, he had freaking the whole <laughs> field open. Just run, run, force, run, okay? So those are decisions you really don't want to see someone that's had some experience made. You know, I could see maybe Cooper Rush, maybe giving him a hall pass because he really hasn't had a lot of, live ammunition right. when it comes but a Garrett Gilbert a guy like that dude you can't make those mistakes so that'll be interesting to see what happens in this last game um as we're wrapping up here Tony um you know it's it's 8 48 as Tony and I are, are ending our recording here but at this exact moment in time while we're on Jerry Jones is on 105.3 the fan uh for his weekly hit and he was asked about the uh the quarterback two situation for the Cowboys um, and he's, he, he mentioned Cooper rush first and I haven't listened to this myself, uh, but just reading, uh, different tweets, this one from Josh, right. Clark, this one from Josh Clark of one Oh five, three, um, that Jerry didn't even mention Garrett Gilbert's name. <laughs> so he, I mean, uh, good job. Maybe forgot, maybe forgot his name. I, you know, look, that's, that's kind of like where they're at. And it's just such a position that it's, uh, you know, it's 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 kind of a. Some people look up look at it as an unnecessary commodity that you got to have because you don't think about it. But then whenever you, whenever your quarterback is your your starting quarterback has had these injuries, it's kind of like okay, we need to think about this. But yeah, I I think it's Cooper Russ's position to to lose, and, and he's going to have an opportunity to solidify that um, this weekend. Um. All right. Tony, what are you having for dinner later? Man, I don't know. What do you I want? Mean, you know, what do you what do you hope I, is for dinner? 
Oh, uh, I've been going lean and grains. My wife and I are on this diet. I'm trying to lose, but I, I, last night I had salmon and um, cauliflower. That sounds that really tasty. That's, that sucks. So, you're, so is this, is this, is this segueing into what I'm going to have tonight when I watch hard knocks? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Cause you've had some really boring answers and that was also a boring answer. So I'm, I'm hoping that you have like, you know, right now you're like, Oh, I don't know. Bowl of ice cream. Give me, give us something with flavor at least. What are you having tonight for hard knocks? Um, you know what? I'm probably going to have a bowl of, uh, cheddar popcorn. That's probably what I have. Okay. I'm okay with this. That's Smart much better. Popcorn. To me, it's some of the best popcorn out there. Do you do the, um, the like season stuff you're talking about on your popcorn? Do you ever do that? The little uh, yeah. flavors. Yeah, I did. I used to do Parmesan cheese a lot. Mm. You ever try Parmesan cheese on your popcorn? I have not. My wife likes. Uh, it's called like jalapeno cheddar or something like that. So that's oh yeah, that's, that's really a, good. That's what we have in our house. Just take um, some tab- Tabasco. Oh and, uh, no, dude! Then it, then your fingers get gross. That sounds terrible. Yeah, and then get some tahini and put it on there too. Did you did you you, fig- you figured that out, my man? I forgot. I'll send you the photo uh, today because I forgot. It's been a busy week. Um, so um, yeah. cool. Uh, I, I pulled hey, the gear. By the way, congra- congratulations to you and your wife. Thanks a lot, man. We're really pumped. Uh, a new member of the 750. Uh, so uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, everybody have yourselves a great week. We will see you next Tuesday. This was the 750.